Good morning, everyone. Getting some last minute updates. And I apologize. I have this dry cough. But good morning, everyone. It is Thursday. Trending Thursday. There's always something trending, big things happening. And we are excited to be with you on this morning. It's Carol Sue. <coughs> Sorry, aka Naughty Boss with a cough, a cough that I apparently both of us have with two. Sisters, hey, good morning, everyone. It's Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. Been dealing with this, um, <coughs> excuse me, whatever it is for, it's actually been two weeks now and it's it's getting old, it's getting on my nerves, but it is what it is right now. And taking, of course, all the um, necessary precautions. It is a very chilly, chilly day in the Northeast. Uh, only a balmy seven degrees with the wind chill factor. It's um, you know, close to zero, if not a little bit <coughs> below zero. And we are, of course, bracing for a weekend storm. And, <coughs> you know, I saw, um, you know, I always happen to catch something funny on YouTube as I'm like in between projects or whatever I may be working on. And one of the people that I follow, his name is Vic Benedetto. He's um, a comedian. He's, oh my God, he's so hysterical. And, you know, he's like, gotta go out and get the bread and milk, you know? And, and it, you know, obviously made me laugh because for whatever reason, in the Northeast, when we are expecting a big, huge snowstorm, it's like, go to the grocery store and get the bread and milk. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that kind of lightened my day. Uh, <coughs> learning a lot oh so much to fill everybody in on but i am just going to mute myself for a moment so i can take a sip of my cranberry water yeah we both are gonna both are gonna have to go back and forth doing that part of trying to do a podcast when you have a cough is not the easiest thing no it's certainly so we are we're gonna try our best guys we are gonna try our best uh we're still not 100 percent and uh it is an annoying cough for sure so i try to take a little deep breath make sure i'm getting in some coolness into my throat but yeah we're gonna be doing some coffee there's no <laughs> ways around that so that is the season of what we're in right now but it's trending thursday a lot going on locally in our country, in our states. And it's like, how do you compartmentize all these different pieces that are impacting your health, your wellness, your physical being, your mental being? Uh, last night, <coughs> I was painfully on a school committee meeting. And I say painfully, it was painful. Um, people not following a proper procedure, Robert rules, uh, you know, and it really just solidified so much in my brain that while people, you know, these, a lot of these positions are not paid positions. A lot of people don't have a lot of experience when they run for an elected position. And it is such a stamp on the need for term limits, even term limits regarding a school committee. It was embarrassing. It was alarming. 
you know, just, I had so many messages coming in last night and you felt so badly because at the end, excuse me, at the end of the day, these are the people that are making decisions for our children, uh, you know, in a district, in a community. Uh, they went off from talking about Christian holidays uh, to a almost atheist type of feeling, which, you know, again, you know, we, we are in a free country uh, to uh, knowing that this district, specific district that I'm talking about, received close to, I want to say over $4 million in ESSER money. There's different ESSER monies for different states. Every state's different, which I call COVID ransom money. And yet uh, the argument of them being a part of the town or not, because it's a district to, uh, they're not elected officials, you know, in the, under the same purview as a town official yet they're not connected to the town, but yet they're going to the town for over $10 million. They can't balance their budget. You don't see any, you know, check and balances to making policies and procedures that they don't even follow the right motions and who's, it's like, who's on first. And it was a stark reminder that those families, parents, caregivers, stakeholders, citizens that are pushing for change are on the right track. And sometimes as much as you are in, invested in an outcome, you're vested in the future of these children because first off, whether you have a child in the district or not, currently past grandchildren, everyone, everyone in the United States should have insight as to what generations are being taught, what they're being indoctrinated to, what influences they are being influenced by, curriculum, reading, materials in the library, because these are minds and hearts and individuals that eventually are gonna be the leaders of local communities, of state communities, even on the national level. You know, these are our future scientists, our mathematicians, our lawmakers, historians, people setting policies, rules, and you and law. And you want to make sure that they have all the advantages of what a great public education is supposed to be about. And what I witnessed last night is being as much involved as I am. It was frustrating, it was disheartening, it was maddening, it was like you just wanted to take a shoe and throw it at the screen moment. Uh, at first, it, it was a, you know, a tennis match of not knowing normal policy and procedure of running a meeting. Uh, at times, the chairperson was very angry and argumentative to the audience very threatening stances, uh, in addition to no better than or less than a, a circus of dysfunction. And I, you know, trying to watch it and absorb and write my notes at the same time, trying to decipher some of the language they were using because they were going in circles, they weren't making much sense. 
Um, there was a few fleeting good moments, not many, um, but it really solidified that, you know, I say 99% of those that are on that table need to go uh, for a very various of reasons, personal bias, uh, fear, uh, threatening mannerisms, uh, a school committee member named Kenny LaFerry, I will say it out loud because it's already on public record. Uh, one of the things that people are supposed to, when you swear and take an oath, uh, you have a code of ethics and standards of professionalism that you adhere to because when you speak, and especially if you're speaking uh, as a school committee member, you are now speaking on behalf of the entire school committee member, uh, put out a post and he actually shared a post of one of the uh, family members of one of the school committee members that are being recalled. And, you know, obviously when a family member is debating and or sharing information, obviously their opinion is going to lie with their family member. So I'm not even, that, that doesn't even phase me in the least. You would expect that, that they're going to be in defense of their, of their loved one. Totally appreciate that. Um, but what happened was, was a, another citizen compared our efforts and compared us as a group uh, as uh, a smear campaign and we're no better than pigs. And that was the word that was actually used. And I'm going to get to uh, that specific post because it is public record. Um, so I can certainly share it with you and we'll get our viewers opinion on it and normally you know with, with something uh, on that line uh it's a rule of thumb that you know you don't you don't try to get into uh, a debate online you never win number one it serves no purpose it infuriates you um but you can respond in a, re in a respectful uh manner so the uh actual school committee member kenny laferry shared he said thank you daniel kabbalah for the support very well written and he shared uh, Daniel Kabbalah's uh, message, which from his opinion, uh, he felt it was a smear campaign and that things were fabricated and that they, these people are innocent until proven guilty. First off, uh, neither school committee member is charged with a crime. So there's no uh, innocent until proven guilty mentality with that. Um, and what happened was he instructs the voters or the registered voters in his town to, in fact, uh, he actually instructs them. He says, uh, do not believe what any signature collector may tell you. There are no ethics violations. Uh, sadly, Daniel, you're wrong. You don't have facts on your side. So that's an incorrect statement. Um, he does say that the two committee members do care deeply about the children. I have no doubt about that. Uh, but I also like to point out that they have over 72 years combined on being on this committee, over 72 years combined. And we are on uncharted waters and you have to have very posture people in these positions now for what is being going on in school districts. Um, he, um, he goes on to say, uh, there's a petition going out um, he instructs people, if you, you want to help, he says, if you live in Dudley, do not sign any recall petition. 
instruct everyone to not sign. You can't instruct registered voters not to sign something. You can encourage them, but you can't instruct them. Just throwing that out there. Um, but what happened was a citizen, uh, there was actually two citizens. One citizen said, you don't get hundreds of upset parents by doing a good job. Your mother may have done a great job serving the district back in the day, but it's been over 30 plus years in her particular role. And she's simply not doing a great job anymore. You claim that there are no ethic violations. Can you be sure of that? Or is that your bias speaking because it's your mother? A very legitimate interaction question. And uh, he gets defensive, uh, the, the son. And he said, where is the proof of the violations? Well, he hasn't asked for them. We have them. We have plenty of public records that uh, substantiate substantiate it. Um, and what happened to our system of innocence until proven guilty? Um, that comes about in a court of law and usually means you've been charged with a crime or charged with something. Neither of these school committee members are charged with anything. Um, so then what happens is that uh, another particular citizen describes, let's see, I'll get to his exact verbiage, so we'll get uh, their opinion. Um, it basically says, oh, ironically, it looks like they omitted it. But anywho, here it is here. Uh, he basically says they compare it to uh, people playing in the mud and, you know, it's a smear campaign in their pigs. So the particular school committee member agrees and says that sums it up exactly. So he agrees that the group of parents, stakeholders, uh, myself included, we are pigs. Um, which was brought up, obviously, at last night's meeting because A, it's a code of ethics violation. When you are an elected official, you have to adhere to a certain way of acting professional uh, that, uh, you know, we're not, you know, going out there and name calling them per se. Uh, you know, we're not publicly, you know, we're addressing the issues with them directly, but not doing it on social media in the, in the, in the same way this particular person is. So what happened was uh, it warranted, because it was going back and forth, so it did warrant uh, a response. So uh, I want to just read this very quickly um, because it is paramount. People do, do watch our podcast. They, they're interested in knowing, you know, the kind of the, you know, we're always accountable of how things like this impact our health and wellness because it certainly does, right? It stresses the parents out, stresses grandparents out, taxpayers. They want to know what's going on with what they're doing with money uh, as well as concerned for their children and, and what their children are being indoctrinated and or exposed to. So I said, I wanted to enlighten those that would like to know why a recall is necessary. So this is the only time you're like, if you're going to, if you're going to uh, re refute a comment, you want to make sure uh, that you're respectful, uh, that you try to, you know, you stick with the facts to the best that, to your knowledge. Uh, and you don't want to get into a, a name calling type of atmosphere because it's, it's juvenile, number one. Uh, so I wanted to enlighten those who would like to know why a recall is necessary and with full transparency, since there are family members and a city and school committee member publicly stating these efforts are a smear campaign on social media. Yes, Kenny LaFerry, I did see your post. This decision by parents, grandparents, stakeholders, and residents did not come easy. In fact, it came with great discernment. 
For nine months, we have asked for transparency and stress the need for partnering with the families of this district to no avail. After continued contradictory emails, months worth, and no reasonable answers, in addition to the stonewalling of the majority of this district in the school committee, either by email or out this elected body's public meetings, we made the decision that a recall of some of the elected officials was the only avenue. It was expressed at multiple school meetings that are recorded public and available to view that it was where we were heading. Yet the majority of this elected committee continued the same path, which was to ignore the majority of the district. Most members are indifferent to our very real and serious concerns. So we decided change was in order. We followed the particulars of either town recall process to the letter and they rejected the affidavits in either town in November of 2021, stating at first that school committee members were not elected officials and that school committee members do not fall under their town's recall process. The individual town council cited it was their opinion with either town's perspective of their town's chapters they adapted that they rejected the recall. At this point, we retained legal counsel. Public records reveal that both towns conspired against the recall efforts and misled their citizens on the recall process. That in itself should outrage either town's citizens. Public records uncovered the unlawful acts of either town officials and their staff to block the recall process. Either town's legal counsel's opinion of why the process could not go forward was refuted by our legal counsel. The town of Dudley now agrees to allow the recall process. The town of Charlton continue, continues to unlawfully interfere with the recall efforts. Below are a few key ba basis on why the recall process was and is necessary. And it is a constitutional right of a taxpayer right to do so. In addition, there are multiple mass code of ethic violations documented and no, they are, they are not fabricated as indicated by a son of one of the school committee members being recalled. A violation was actually done on social media from a shared post by a Charleston committee, school committee member by agreeing to a, tax, uh, to a comment that taxpayers, parents, stakeholders are pigs, which is unbecoming of an elected official and falls under the mass code of ethics. Perhaps this school committee member should review the oath he swore to. In addition, in addition, a reference was made regarding innocent until proven guilty. Was either member charged with a crime? No. The statement is egregious and false as no one was charged with any crime. No one ever said these members were not impactful in their crime or years past. Jointly, they have served over 72 years, just like any job, professional career, there are standards, and it's the public's obligation to question when an elected official gets offended, when the families, stakeholders in the district question is where the district is perhaps heading, means there needs time for change. We are, on, we are in uncharted waters, what is going on both locally and nationally to our schools. Propaganda ideologies and inappropriate library material that include extremely pornographic books with major shifts on curriculum and sexualizing children is a very serious situation. Wouldn't you all agree? Children deserve those that hold those positions to have their best interest in parents, grandparents, citizens, and stakeholders to 
also have a right to what is being taught, what is being influenced and indoctrinating into these children's minds. When it becomes evident that the elected officials refuse to listen to the concerns, policies, questionable curriculum, it is time to change who sits at the table. It is the right of the people to get appropriate representation. It is frightening that not one town, but two would work against those efforts. Uh, I normally would not even bother to respond. However, we choose to be transparent. And since a sitting school committee member publicly denounced the efforts by calling it a smear campaign, it was our <laughs> legal right to respond. Also, FYI, regarding referring to us as pigs, thank you. While you think it was a slander a statement, and many people do, it actually is not. It is a compliment because pigs are the fifth smartest animal in the world. So go Google that. And that's really kind of where we're at. You can go ahead, you can refute someone online, but do it respectfully. Be on point with your message. Be clear, be concise. Don't be juvenile. Don't be going back and forth. It serves no one. It's a waste of energy, <laughs> a waste of energy. But it does not mean you cannot address the issue. Address it, but always be courteous and be respectful and be kind. Well said. And I just want to add a little bit to that. When you are an elected official, bottom line is you are subject to public scrutiny because you are an elected official. I am talking about knowledge and firsthand of that because I was an elected official of the town of East Lyme. So I, I won't say that I am an expert, but I do know what I am talking about. Now, during that time frame when I was an elected fish, official, um, I of course had a major stake, was a major stakeholder and very boisterous about the um, Board of Education. My son was going through the East Line public school process. So therefore my opinions or how I felt on a subject <laughs> would be different, of course, from maybe somebody else whose um, children are no longer in the school system. The point that I am trying to make is um, it, it doesn't matter whether or not you have children or grandchildren in a school system. What matters is that you, the bottom line is that you know what is being taught and how it's being taught. Those are really key things there. And when either side cannot agree <coughs> to, you know, to be respectful, to respond respectfully, um, of course, nobody wants to be challenged. And what you have there, um, those two people that have over 72 years of, um, you know, being on the board, <coughs> people, <clears throat> that are in that realm that have been in in the system that long you know well, let's face it we we like to do things a certain way now that the with everything going on with this crt bullshit and there i've said it because i think it's total bs um of course you're going to have parents challenging that and those members are not used to having parents speak up or having a voice, having a concern in their child's welfare going through that school system. So now you have 
<laughs> um, a situation where, you know what, uh, social media can either be your friend or your foe. And guess what? It's catching them um, in the ass quite literally because, you know, everything is documented. So my, I guess my suggestion um, to those elected officials is, <clears throat> of course, everyone, they are on the off offense right now. Um, and I am not a good sports analogy, and I'm going to try to do this. Um, so their offense is, is actually a defense. And that's getting misconstrued. And they're just digging themselves further. So if you want to be heard in a respectful manner, you have to be respectful as hard as it may be, it may be even killing you to be respectful. I totally get it. Um, but <laughs> for every action, there is a reaction. When you are a public elected official, bottom line is you are subject to public scrutiny. And let me tell you, I certainly was, and I totally got it, but I always kept my cool because the, the throwback to me was, well, you know, of course your your son is is in the school system. Well, yes, he is. So of course I'm gonna have a different point of, you know, a different opinion. And I get that, but I was elected by the town of East Lyme to represent my constituents, even on the board of finance. Um, you have to take it all with a grain of salt. Of course, some of those comments are going to be personal in nature. I get it. I've been there. You got to keep your cool. You have to be respectful. You can't <coughs> react. You can only engage in the conversation in a respectful manner. And let me tell you, I have more great conversation with people that I totally disagreed with but we had there was a mutual respect and right now there's none of that going on with those members because they've done things a certain way for so long and they are not used to answering to the public but guess what it's your job to answer to the public so there i've said my piece you're on, on mute you have yourself on mute there we go. Sorry about that. And that's actually one of the arguments. One of the arguments that they're, you know, they are falling back with their um, lawyer and not saying that, you know, we don't have to answer to you. Uh, and they repeatedly have said that. Uh, whether the answer comes through a recall election, whether they answer to a uh, challenge of, uh, if, if they choose to run again, uh, they will answer to the public. Make no mistake about it. Uh, whether it's answered, whether their seat is taken from them, rightfully so, that's how the public will answer to them or get their questions heard. Because you cannot have a person who is not will, willing to represent the people that voted you in. You cannot do that. Uh, it's logic, doesn't make any common sense. And what happens is frequently then, when you have someone that's totally blacks out uh, the people that voted them in, him or her, <clears throat> it shows a uh, latitude of being unbiased, that they're incapable of not 
keeping their bias to themselves and represent the district as a whole. That's part of the, the oath that they swear to. Um, so while the son repeatedly says, there's no proof, uh, just go watch one of the meetings. Uh, you will see code of ethic violations being committed daily. Um, one of the main uh, code of ethics violation is uh, open meeting violations. So in other words, if a family member, stakeholder, whatever were to email them, they cannot hit reply all because that would constitute a quorum. And that would mean that the public was not privy to this kind of meeting and or conversation. Uh, and that is why it uh, constitutes as a open meeting violation. In addition to the many, many code of ethics bias uh, misrepresentation uh, that they each take on, but represent the school committee as a whole. You cannot do that. So they're not really adverse on their own oath that they took, which is sad. Um, and it is not to say that bias doesn't come up. We're human beings. So of course, bias will come up, but you have to really try extremely hard to keep it in check. And that's... <laughs> Sadly, that is not what's going on, and it only furthers and solidifies uh, the mission that you need a, a clean slate. You need fresh eyes, fresh ears, uh, people that are in those positions that are going to question the administration. Uh, because there's, a, you know, we're just talking about the school committee piece to it. We haven't really, I mean, we're starting to dig into the administration piece to it. But when you have a finance person who cannot even give a line item accountability of over $4 million. Uh, it, it appears that, you know, there's shifting of money. We, you know, parents don't know, taxpayers don't know. They have a right to ask those questions, especially if you received $4 million over a year and a half, you can't really account for it. Uh, the answers that we're giving most of the time was that it went to audio and visual, but when they went to make go to the town, in town of Charlton in particular, then it was, well, we used the money because that was one of the questions I had put in the chat. And uh, the answer was, well, you know, it went to nurses, I uh, went to, um, you know, students and you know, like no clear, concise answers and audio and visual was never even mentioned. So that was a red flag because you know, you've been telling the parents all the money went to audio and visual, but now that you're going to the town for $10 million, $10 million, because you can't balance your budget when you receive $4 million over a year and a half, people are going to ask the, the obvious question, where did that $4 million that you were you didn't even know you were getting? What did that go to? <laughs> Well, you can't, you can't even give clear answers. Uh, that's a problem. And the problem with this whole scenario, and many towns are facing these and many cities are facing this, is the school committee has purview because they hire the superintendent who has oversight on the administrative piece to it of the school. And they're not asking the superintendent the tough questions. They're giving him a pass. Like, oh, let him deal with it. No. You have to answer to the public. People want to know where all this money's going to. But we did find out, hold on. We did find out that they spent over $100,000 on test kits. That was revealed. So now every family can get up to eight, like free test kits or something. Stop the testing, stop.
I know it's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. And here's the novelty. You receive four, $4 million in, you should be able to account for that $4 million that may have gone out. Oh, you're on uh, mute again. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you four million goes in. That should be counted. That that's like a line item. Is what I'm saying. Like a line item. Right. Uh, okay. We received uh, 1.5 million here. It went to this expenditure because we know they didn't receive the entire amount all at once. We know that. But to me, there's still still should be a breakdown. On this date, we received this money, we paid these bills or went to this curriculum or whatever. This time we received this amount of money. They're not doing that. So no one knows. That's a problem. And if people don't know, realize that that's a problem, that's a problem yeah. in itself. But um, so moving on, that's, you know, thank you so much for updating us on all that. That was a, a lot of information in a short amount of time. Um, you know, always really important to, you know, trending topics are not just about, um, like when I think of trending Thursday, I think of, you know, the newest, uh, gizmo or gadget, you know, with fitness or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but, you know, trending topics are also about what's happening, happening in our local communities, um, what's happening nationally. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to have a conversation about that one tomorrow because I got a lot to say. And, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the dark roots are coming through, but hey, it's, it's all good. That's all I got to say about that. Trending topics are so much more than just um, surface related. And, you know, take that time, take that opportunity to learn what's happening in your local community. And on that note, my name is Janice, AKA Wellness Diva 5.0. And I am with two. Sisters. So this is Carol Sue, AKA Naughty Boss. I apologize for the coffee. I don't like having that feeling. So we're really working hard trying to get through that, but we want to share what we're passionate about, give you updates as painful. As painful as it is today, we are hoping that uh, you know each of us can get this under control. Uh, it is annoying. We agree, uh, but when you are passionate and you know you have to get your voice out there one way or another, <laughs> another we try. So with that, we will see you tomorrow for Fantabulous Friday. Have a great day, everyone. Take care. Bye, everyone.